Praise the Lord. So the last few weeks we've been talking about Jesus and about Jesus the anointed one. And thank you. Yes, indeed. So uh, we've read done two parts. This is the last part of the series today. This is part three. That's a clever name. Jesus the anointed one, part three. Okay. So we're talking about Jesus and its incredible ministry. And the anointed one comes with the fact that Jesus is the Christ or the Messiah. Um, as we've talked about, Christ is just Christ is Greek for anointed one and Messiah is Hebrew for anointed ones. They mean the same thing. When you, when you hear Christ or, or Messiah, they mean exactly the same thing. They're just in the two languages that were common languages at the time. So in English, it's the anointed, the anointed one. Okay? So Jesus Christ means Jesus, the anointed, the anointed one. And Jesus was so anointed for ministry, wasn't he? In everything that he did, he, he, did, it under the, he did it under the anointing. And, you know, we do it in the power of the Holy Spirit. And, you know, that's why Jesus was so successful in all that he did. Amen? Because, you know, he, did, he didn't do things in his, in his own strength. And the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit would very much work together, wouldn't they? Jesus did stuff in his obedience to his Father and in the power of, of the Holy Spirit. But that's why Jesus was so powerful in terms of his ministry. That's why it was so, so effective when people encountered Jesus. Their lives were radically transformed. That's what happened over and over again. That's what basically what the Gospels is about, isn't it? Yes, it's, it's about the cross and, and the resurrection that kind of is recorded towards the end. But so much of it is about encounters with Jesus. So essentially what, what it's about, isn't it? So it's a list of the encounters of Jesus. And there's so much stuff. It says in, it says in John, there's be far too much. It says at the end of John, there's far too much stuff to even write down. It'd feel like all the books um, on the planet. Um, you know, so loads of it isn't even right, written down. Um, you know, we can only speculate on how many people you know, Jesus encountered, um, or people encountered Jesus that we just don't we just don't know about. But the ones we have written down, people's lives were transformed. They remember when they encountered Jesus, radically transformed. And in Luke four verse fourteen to twenty nine, this has kind of been our, our key scripture. It says this: Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news about him spread through the whole countryside. He was teaching in the synagogues, and everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth, where he'd been brought up, and on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. So he used to do this every Saturday, every Sabbath day. He stopped to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, Jesus found a place where it is, where it is written, this is in Isaiah one. The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he's anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. He began by saying to them, Today the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. So Jesus was reading this, and as in so much of Isaiah, it's, it's prophetic as about who, who the Messiah was going to be, who Jesus uh, was going to be. And it's very much uh, you know, prophetic uh, about Jesus. So he reads it and said, Today this has been fulfilled. This is written about. This is written about me today. I'm fulfilling it. I'm, I'm telling you who I am. So Jesus was anointed in so many different ways. We've kind of broken him down over the, over a couple of weeks. That he was anointed to proclaim good news to the poor. We looked at a couple of weeks ago. Um, last week we, we talked about he's anointed to proclaim recovery of sight to the blind, and we looked at different different aspects, three different aspects of that, and and Jesus' ministry, how he brought recovery of sight to those with physical blindness, you know, and, and other health issues. How Jesus miraculously healed people, people who were dealing with religious blindness and, and the, the teachers of the law and those kind of steeped in, steeped in religion and how Jesus set them free. And, and those who had deception blindness, those who were just kind of like just, just lost in their sin and just deceived uh, kind of, where, um, kind of where, they, where they were and how Jesus set them free. Amen. So that's, that's what Jesus was anointed to do. Praise God. 
So I'm going to look at one last aspect today. So this verse, let's look and see if I get my words out. Let's look at verse 18 again. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he anoints me to proclaim good news to the poor. This is what I really want to focus on this morning. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, to recovery of sight for the blind, which I last week, and to set the oppressed free. So there's kind of two aspects that go very much together there. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he anoints me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and to set the oppressed free. So it's all about bringing freedom. Amen? So what is freedom for, for the oppressed or freedom for prisoners? And what, does it actually, uh, what does it actually mean? What, what, is, what is freedom? What, what does freedom even mean? So I can look at a few Greek words, if that's okay? Just so we can understand this, understand this stuff, because it's useful. So the Greek word there for freedom is aphesis, A-P-H-E-S-I-S. And it literally just means release from bondage or imprisonment. This is where the whole thought of you know, releasing, setting captives free, setting prisoners free. The word prisoners is the Greek word, I'll never get this word, ahik malatos, maybe. Um, I think it's how you say it. Okay. And it can mean just, just means a prisoner or a captive, someone who's captive or, or a prisoner. And then the word oppressed, we're talking about those who are oppressed. oppressed. The Greek is throw-ow, T-H-R-A-U-O. And it actually means to break, break into pieces, shatter. So in other words, it means those who are broken or those who, those who are crushed. Those have been broken in, into pieces. So in other words, we kind of put all this together. Because English is, isn't it's not always easy to translate into English. In other words, I've just kind of paraphrased and joined them together. Jesus is anointed to proclaim release and freedom for those who are captive, broken, and crushed. That's what Jesus is anointed to do, to bring freedom and to bring release to those who are captive and broken and crushed. Amen? No, Jesus was anointed to do that 2,000 years ago, and he's still anointed to do that today. Praise God. Galatians 5, verse 1, it says this. Paul writes this to the church in Galatia. Galatia. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm them and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Now, Jesus came to bring us, bring us freedom. And, and Jesus' heart is still to set free those who are oppressed, those who are broken, those who are crushed, those, those who are captive. Amen? Amen. I'm going to ask Elisa just to change something. Can you just make it so it doesn't keep timing out? Because it's driving me crazy. <laughs> Thank you. So I'm going to look at two specific ways uh, this morning in which, in which Jesus still sets people free. And freedom from oppression. Now, when we talk about those who are oppressed or broken or crushed or captive, there's loads of different angles uh, that we could talk about with that. You know, we could talk about those who are kind of, you know, just kind of steeped in sin. Thank you. Uh, thank you. I just had to keep pressing it, you know, because have phones time out every 30 seconds to stop it timing out. Anyway, thank you. Um, so we could talk about lots of different aspects of how people could be oppressed, you know, those who are kind of steeped in sin. We could talk about those who are kind of, you know, stuck in their past, affected by stuff going on in their past and broken by things in their past and maybe crushed by that, things that people have said to them and all those kind of things. They'd all be valid stuff to talk about, okay? So, but, but I'm not going to talk about those things. I'm just going to look at some different kind of angles today, if that's okay. Okay, but those would all be very, very valid things to do, to talk about. And that Jesus very much does set us free from our past, you know, from our sin and... You know, etc., and and, peop- and puts people together who are back together who are broken. But I want to look at two specific aspects. I think the things that just need to be talked about. Okay, so it's kind of two ways in which people are prisoners, are captors. So the first thing I'm going to talk about is demonic oppression. 
Ooh, don't talk about that very much, do we? <laughs> or not, not so much on the front, anyway. Okay, about demonic oppression. Now, I don't know if anyone else has picked up on this. It's, quite, it's very interesting. I find it very interesting. Um, demons are barely even mentioned in the Old Testament at all. Does anyone else notice this? Barely, barely mentioned whatsoever. There's a few kind of, you know, and obviously the devil is mentioned um, kind, of, kind, of here, kind of here and there. Um, but isn't actually mentioned, isn't mentioned that much. But then kind of Jesus turns up, and suddenly there's demons like flying out left, right, and center. Someone else noticed this, right? Okay? It's not because demons weren't always there. It's because obviously when Jesus came on earth, they, and, and if you, we haven't got time to look at all the scriptures, but the demons knew full well who Jesus was, didn't they? They knew straight away who he was. They knew who the Messiah was coming. It was so ironic because the religious leaders had, were clueless about who Jesus was. Even disciples weren't that sure, even though Jesus kept telling them. <laughs> the demons knew full well who Jesus was straight away. Because, because they understood the spiritual world. They understood this is the Messiah that's been promised for thousands of years. Here he is. Because straight away, every time they would say, don't, don't torture us. We know who you are, son of God. Jesus had to tell them to be quiet. Because he didn't want it to be revealed for, um, for time, you know, who he, who he truly was, um, etc. But they all knew who he was, didn't they? Mark 9, uh, 32 to 34 says this. While they were going out, that's Jesus' disciples. A man who was deemed possessed and could not talk was brought to Jesus. When a demon was driven out, the man who had been mute spoke. The crowd was amazed and said, nothing like this has ever been seen in Israel. But the Pharisees, surprise, surprise, <laughs> didn't like it. The Pharisees said it is by the prince of demons that he drives out demons. Here's another example, Mark 8, and there could be loads we could look at. Mark 8, 14 to 17. When Jesus came into Peter's house, he saw Peter's mother-in-law lying in bed with a, with a fever as so Peter was married. He touched her hand and a fever left her, and she got up and began to wait on him. When evening came, many who were deemed possessed were brought to Jesus, and he drove out the spirits with the word and healed all who were ill. This was fulfilled what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. He took up our infirmities and bore our diseases. That's Isaiah 53, which, of course, has got the great list of verses about the cross and what Jesus was going to do on the cross. He took up our infirmities, carried out our diseases, by stripes were healed. You know that passage? As I said, Isaiah is very prophetic, wasn't it, about who Jesus was going to be. You know, so if people were affected by demonic oppression then, 2,000 years ago, and they still were even before that, but it just kind of, you know, it really kind of came to a head, so to speak, when Jesus turned up, right? If that was an issue 2,000 years ago, it's still going to be an issue these days, right? Let's be real about this stuff. And we don't need to worry about anything. We don't need to be frightened about anything. Um, I'll, I'll always say that, you know, we're on the winning side. We always have to remember that. We're on the winning side. Of the and the devil has no right to do, for us as believers, the devil has no right to do anything in our lives. He cannot, he cannot touch us. He has no right to do, to do anything. Okay? But this is talking about what people um, out in the world, what they, allow, what they can sometimes allow into their lives that can cause, uh, that can cause some issues. And often people don't know, you know, know what they're playing with. They don't know what they're messing with. Or they don't think it's, or they don't think it's real. And it can cause them all sorts of uh, issues. And we don't know what the context of you know, these people we've just read about. We don't know the context of how they've got to the situation they're in. We don't know, do we? It doesn't tell us. What's led to them being in a situation they're in where, they, where they're facing demonic oppression. But it, Jesus, it's still Jesus' will and Jesus is still anointed to set people free. Amen. Amen. Whatever people have allowed into their lives. So I'm going to do things a little bit differently this morning. We're going to watch a couple of uh, videos as part of the message. So this first one I'm going to show is about a guy who, an American guy who got involved in, in, in the New Age. And a lot of strange teaching and kind of uh, New Age teaching. Are kind of everything's God or as humans we're gods and all sorts of weird, odd teaching in it all, and it kind of very much gets into demonic uh, stuff. So we're just going to watch this video. It's about eight minutes about how Jesus set him free. You know, and what Jesus did for this guy is still what Jesus wants to do today. And, what, and people, that's, this is going on in our world, 
as we talked last week about deception, um, deception, the world is, is deceived in so many ways. They don't even know what they're messing with, do they, in so many ways. That's reality. Just if I watch this video, let it speak into your heart, and then we'll say some things off the back of that. Thanks. That was great. What a guy. And what a great work that God's done in his life. So just like Jesus was anointed 2,000 years ago to set the captives free, those who get themselves in what they've, what they've allowed into their lives and whatever the context that might be of demonic oppression, Jesus was anointed then and he's still anointed now, amen, to set people free. And that's good news for our world. It's good, no, good news you know, for our community. Whatever people have got themselves tied up in and they may not have really know what they're playing with, as he said. He said he was in another person's playground. He didn't really understand what he'd got himself uh, you know, involved in. Jesus will set them free. Amen. And that is great news for our world, uh, for our community. Amen. People can still find their freedom in Jesus. And we carry that message. Amen. Let's, let's kind of move on. I've got two points. Time's going quick. It always does. So we talked about demonic oppression. Remember, we're talking about those who are prisoners who are captives, broken, crushed, and that Jesus anointed to, to release them, to bring them freedom. Amen. So we talked about demonic oppression, and that, you know, it could be a whole series of 10 teachings on that. Okay. But we've just kind of talked about that. And if you want to talk to me about it in more detail, of course, of course you can. And the second thing I want to talk about is, uh, I'm going to talk about this sensitively, but I think, again, it needs to be talked about because it's very much where much of our world is, particularly uh, the younger, uh, younger generation is confusion around identity. I think this needs to be talked about because it's, it's very real. And what's, or, or the way people feel about it is very real. There's a lot of issues, there's a huge, no, huge issue today, and I'm sure you've observed this and picked up on this, of identity confusion. I'm not just talking about gender identity, or that's one part of it, but just confusion about identity generally. But who are we? And if you know anything about the uh, young people and the kind of the social media generation, I suppose I would call them all Gen, Gen Z or Gen Z, and kind of they're labelled by the world, is this has become a huge, huge issue about what makes me who I am. What decides who I am? Um, do other people decide who I am? Do I decide who I am? What is, what, what is it? Maybe it's about how I feel. And this is what a lot of what's said these days. Well, it, what is about how I feel? Well, I feel like this. So, so that's what I am. And I believe that Jesus is still relevant, to, is absolutely relevant to speak into this stuff. So I'm talking about this stuff in a sensitive way. I mean, as, as believers, we all need to understand who, who, who what defines us. We're, we, we find our identity as believers completely in Jesus. Amen? And that's where we find freedom. That's why we find hope. And, and that is still the hope for our world. But again, we're going to watch another, another video. Um, this is videos by, uh, it's about 15 minutes, but it's by Dr. Amy Orr Ewing. Um, there's a well-known Christian speaker from the, I think it's the Oxford Centre for Christian Apologetics, I think it's called. Um, and she does a lot of stuff kind of debating with non-Christians and all kinds of stuff. But she spoke at Assemblies of God uh, National Conference last year, and again this year actually. And this is part of the video from, from last year about understanding the world. It's really, really important as, as believers, even in, the, even in their confusion and their uh, deception, um, that there is, that we understand where people are at. It's really, really important. Cause, and that's what Jesus was, was a master at, was understanding people, wasn't it? Understanding where they're at, even if they're confused, even if they're completely wrong. Understanding where, where is this all coming from, what's going on here? And then, and then speaking into that and setting people free. And I thought it was worth show, showing a video because she just articulates this so well. And then we'll kind of say some stuff um, off the back of that. So just let this you know, speak into your hearts. That's good, isn't it? Now, 
Let's get back to our notes. So those just she um, I wanted to play a video because she just articulates it um, so well, and it's worth watching a whole video. Maybe I'll send the whole video out because at the beginning of it she talks all about trauma and how this world sees itself in trauma, why trauma has become such a huge uh, kind of a huge thing. Someone grab me a tissue. That's right, please. Thank you. So it's really important for us to kind of just just understand where our world is at. Thank you. It's really important for us just to understand where our world is at, right? We know we know that they're deceived, that people are confused, that they're you know we know that the devil ultimately is a source of deception, and we talked about that last week to some extent. But it's really important for us to understand where our world where our world is, and like I said, I think she explains that so well. What's, what's kind of what's kind of going what's kind of going on there is the human body is the highest plane. Is why there's so much talked about the human body these days about sexual experiences. Kind of the highest plane. If people feel that if 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 they're denied those experiences, then the very the very person of who they are is being denied. Now, this is where this is where our world is at, or, and especially the younger generation. And from stuff I've read, I mean, we don't need to like fear this stuff, but the, from what stuff I've read, expects this stuff to get even that the battle is going to become even greater. Because this current generation is going to be the next generation of politicians. But the battles are going to become huge. This is not, it's not reached the politician age group yet, in one sense. They're going to be the politicians in, in, 10, 20, in 10, 20 years' time. They're going to be the ones making, you know, making the laws and making the rules. They're going to be the people that are you know, coming from this kind of uh, experience. So already there's a battleground. Now, we, should, we shouldn't fear that in any way. Okay? Because this, this, is, and this is obviously what she's talking about, is the hope that you can, we can bring into these situations. Is that, and the hope is where we can find our identity is in Jesus. Amen? And that's true for all of us, ultimately, where we need to find our identity. Amen? That we're, we're, we're children of a living God. We're a chosen people, a royal priesthood. People that belong to God. We, we've been, we know that we're created in the image of God. And every human being on this planet is created in the image of God. And it's still God's, it's God's desire to bring freedom. You know, of course, people don't know that they're captive. You know, but it's, 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 you know, we carry that message. Amen? There's a message of hope, uh, there's a message of freedom, and as she, as she talked about, and I explained so well about the human body, and, and you know, the Bible has a lot to say about that, the body is a, is a temple of the Holy Spirit, that's God's desire for it, amen, it's for the Holy Spirit to dwell, uh, to dwell within us, amen, so God desires uh, to bring freedom and to set people free, now obviously these are not the sort of things, that this, these particular issues didn't come up in the New Testament, no. Not in the same way that they are now. These are very modern things, as she, as she said. It's, it's only the, really the last 10 years. So this has all come to a, a fore, isn't it? It's really, there's a lot, of, a lot of kind of new stuff that's kind of come up in the last 10 years or so about identity and the whole confusion there is about it and how people see themselves. But Jesus still speaks into it just as much. Amen, now. And it, Jesus still wants to set people free. And don't ever, lo- and as she said, there, don't ever lose hope. Because sometimes it can feel, it can feel. And we shouldn't rely on feelings. And we're talking about people. People, people shouldn't rely on feelings at all. And as Christians, we shouldn't rely on feelings. You can feel that we're having, we're fighting a losing battle. And, and we should never ever allow ourselves to get into that situation because we're not fighting a losing battle. We're on the winning side. Amen. And we know that things are going to get get dark in one sense because that's what Jesus predicted would happen in the last days. So we shouldn't be surprised by that, but that's what a great opportunity for the light of the gospel to shine into people's lives, for us to bring that, that message of hope and, and of freedom. Amen. Amen. So Jesus was anointed to, to set the captives free. And as we talked about this morning, specifically about identity confusion and demonic oppression, Jesus will set people free, can set people miraculously free. We saw that guy with that first video and heard stories in that second one. And what Jesus can still do 2,000 years later. Do we believe that, church? Amen? Yeah. 
Ian does. Anyone else believe it? Do we truly believe that's what Jesus can still do? We should never, ever lose hope of what Jesus can do. You know, this whole series, of course, we've been talking about the spirit of the Lord is on me. He's anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. This is still good news today. Amen. It was good news then. It's good news now. He was sent to proclaim freedom, recovery of sight for the blind, to set the repressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Jesus was anointed, did that 2,000 years ago, and still is today. And you know that we are also anointed. Amen. We are temples of the Holy Spirit, as we've talked about. We carry that same anointing upon us. So my prayer view as a pastor, and we'll pray in a second together, is that God will use you in the world where you find yourself, the situations where you find yourself. And I know some of this stuff is very real. It's coming up in schools. It's come up in this school, where we meet, right? Stuff has come up this month, just in the last few weeks. I know some of you have been speaking into that, and that's awesome that God's been using you in that way. But we're anointed by Jesus, amen, to bring freedom to the captives. And to carry that message of hope to the world. And the world is just confused. It doesn't know what it's doing. It's just, it's, it's lost. You know, but as, as, Jesus, as Jesus said, it's not, and I always come back to this verse, it's not the healthy that need a doctor. It's the sick. And this world is sick and confused, but Jesus is still a doctor for that situation. Amen. Praise God for that. My prayer for you is that God, and for me, is that God will use us to speak into these situations, to bring hope, to bring freedom, uh, to bring life to a, to a world that's very confused and oppressed in, in so many uh, different ways, or sees itself as oppressed in so many different ways. Let's stand to our feet. Time's going. Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You are the hope of the world. Lord Jesus, you are the light of the world. Thank you. There's no situation you cannot change. I thank you there's no person you cannot reach. Lord, there's no person who you cannot change. Lord, we thank you for those testimonies we've heard this morning on video. Lord, of how you've radically changed, Lord, people's life. You've spoken into, into a, Lord, a, a Muslim sheikh. Lord, you've spoken to a guy who is totally wrapped up in a demonic and the new age. Lord, God, you can set anybody free. Lord, and it's still your heart, Lord, to bring freedom to the captives, to set free the oppressed, those who are broken, those who are crushed, Lord God, and to bring them freedom and to bring them hope. Thank you, Jesus. And I pray, Lord, you've just used every single one of us. Lord, you were anointed that same anointing that was upon you. And that's what you, Lord, the scripture says, that same spirit that rose you from the dead is the same spirit that lives in us. Lord, we're temples of the Holy Spirit. Lord, the way we go, Lord, to use us to bring freedom, Lord, to, and to bring hope, Lord, to bring love, Lord, to bring, bring your peace, Lord, to bring the gospel, Lord, which is, is good news. Lord, it's good news then and it's still good news. Thank you, Lord. God, give us wisdom. Lord, give us courage, as Lady Amy mentioned, that, that guy where you, you were just encouraging him and challenging him to be more courageous. Lord, I pray we'll be so courageous and bold for you. Give us such boldness, Lord, to speak into situations. Give us the words to say. Lord, give us the, give us the prayers to pray. Thank you, Jesus. And just use us for your glory. Anoint us. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. You're so, so good. Lord, we just want to be used by you. Lord, anoint us to bring hope to a dying world, to carry the story of, of, of who you are. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we want people to know you just in the same way that, Lord, that we know you. Thank you, Jesus. Use us for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 You can grab your seats. Praise God. God is good. I just, and, and obviously there's two specific things I've talked about there, about demonic oppression and you know, about identity confusion, if, if, it's, if, it's, if that's triggered stuff, you know, in you, 
just saying this is your pastor, if that's trigger stuff in you, please come and talk to us, talk to myself and Wendy. We'd love to kind of talk to you know you about that and pray some stuff through if it's stuff that you you know has gone gone in your own life or went in your past and you want to chat it through. You know, we really believe in people being set free. At the moment we're we're running or the one is running the Freedom in Christ course. And this is what a lot of this stuff all comes up in this. This is why we do that. We want people to know that the complete freedom. The sun sets free is free indeed. It's what Jesus said about himself. For all Christians to be living completely free. This isn't just for non-Christians in that sense. Christians should be living completely free. And man, sometimes there can be stuff with our past that needs dealing with. I'd really recommend the Freedom in Christ course, which we'll run again in the future. And like I said, if you want to chat to me, Wendy, about anything, then we'll chat it through and pray it through with you. Amen. Amen. Let's go. Someone grab me a run sheet. The one I've written on, that's the one. Thank you. So just a few announcements to close with. So firstly, we've got Pastor Stu here next week, which is going to be great. So Pastor Stu, if you don't know, Pastor Stu Payne is our executive pastor. We meet in lots of different locations. I've written over there, if you're kind of newer to the church. Um, so Pastor Stu is our executive pastor over kind of all the family church congregations. Um, he's going to be speaking here next Sunday, so that's going to be awesome. So don't miss out on that. It's going to be fab. Lost my tissue. Um, uh, straight after the service today, we've got a bake sale, as has been mentioned a few weeks. Thank you for those who've made cakes. They look uh, amazing. Um, so we'll be judging who was the best best cake as well. I think I get to be the official taster, I heard. Uh, There's going to be some perks of being a pastor. There's going to be something. <laughs> anyway, so apparently I'm doing that. Anyway, um, and cakes or slices of cake will be, f- be for sale. So just give us uh, just a little bit of time just to judge them and stuff before they're all devoured. Don't, don't, don't let your kids get there either before we sort out. Remember, we're doing this all as a fundraiser, okay? So we'll be selling slices of cake, um, or maybe the small cakes, selling the whole cake for the small ones. Um, and this is a fundraiser, remember, to help our youth go to summer camp. We want, ev- we want everyone who wants to go to be able to, be able to go. Um, we've got a card machine as well, so if you haven't got any cash on you, can use a card. So that'll be, that'll be awesome. So that's straight after this. Don't forget, we've got a one family conference in three weeks' time. So it's come around very, very quick. That's going to be awesome. So that's running on Saturday the 15th. You can get all the info on that on the weekly um, update email or go on the app. You can find everything about it. And register that's just £5. Kids are free. It's just £5 for adults. And then don't forget on Sunday the 16th, so that's the three weeks' time. Don't forget we haven't got a service here. So what we're going to do is we've got on, we did this on New Year's Day, if you remember. We're going to have an online service which all the pastors, Fanship's pastors, have been involved in. Um, so we've just recorded that, actually, uh, this, this past week. Um, so... It's going to be an online service, but all the family church pastors are involved in that. We're kind of discussing some stuff around one family and, and different, different things. Um, so that's going to be on the Sunday morning, half past, half past ten. That'll be about an hour. Um, we can watch that live or we'll catch up on it later. And then we've got our picnic at East Boulder, which is starts from, it's from 12 till 5. We're going to have a cream tea. There's going to be a, um, a quiz fundraiser as well. I know, I know the youth have been working hard on putting a quiz together. Thank you, Debbie, and those others who've been involved in putting that together. There'll be a, kind of a small like donation um, to take part in that, to take part in that, that quiz, which is like a you know, paper quiz to fill in and stuff, just some fun, some fun stuff and baby photos, guess who the people are and all that kind of stuff in church and all that kind of stuff. Um, so if you could just give a small donation for that, and again, that's going to be a youth uh, summer camp fundraiser again. So that, that's where all that donations for that will go towards. Okay, great stuff. So there's loads, and loads of stuff um, coming on, coming up. And if you haven't signed up for summer camp, um, kids up, for, uh, youth up for summer camp, then please do that as soon as possible and obviously we'll make sure that it gets funded as well if you're not able to able to fund it but come and have a chat with us um, about that that'd be great okay so we're going to close there so grab yourself tea coffee and and 
buy a cake or slice, slice a cake. Just give me a second so we can judge those. I'm not quite sure how that's going to work, but we'll, we'll make sense of it in a second. Um, but yeah, have a very blessed afternoon. Enjoy the sunshine, and we'll see you soon. Thank you.